Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Stand with me if you would. Welcome all of you watching online. You can stand up right where you're at at home. Hold your Bibles up. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. And I boldly confess, my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. And I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, so glad you're here today. I believe that uh, this word will bless you and frustrate you. Uh, It's a holy frustration. How many of you know that sometimes things don't get done until we're sick and tired of what's being done? Sometimes you just have, you know, I'm tired of the way things are. I'm tired of the way things have been going. And then you ask yourself the question, have I made the choices or has someone else influenced me to make the choices that I've made? In other words, you have to be careful who you listen to and what you listen to. There are people who are hurting that you don't know who or that, that they're hurting. And if they are hurting, they will speak out of their hurt. If they're in pain, they will speak out of their pain. Which then, that gets on you. And so you have to be cautious about who you listen to and what you listen to. Now, even when the Bible is brought up, how many of you know some people know just enough Bible to be dangerous? <laughs> and, and so what I try to do is to stay very focused on uh, letting you know that this would simply be my interpretation and that it is not foolproof by any stretch, but it is pretty well tested and studied. But I want you to know that the challenge in our world today is we don't know what to believe, and we don't know who to believe. Uh, what's, what's being said on social media, in, in news outlets, it's very challenging. So this word is, is very timely because it's talking about God's word, and God's word uh, trumps every other word that, that comes our way. So uh, oftentimes when people are in pain or something tragic has happened in their life, they will respond from the platform of that pain. That's how it works. And, and so that's the reason it's so important to know the Bible. Reading the Bible doesn't impress God, doesn't make God love you anymore because you've read the Bible. It, it helps us to be empowered by the Word that empowered Christ. He was the Word, and He was empowered by the Word of the Father, and now that same Word empowers us. As a matter of fact, it said if the Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us, the very Spirit that raised Him up will quicken us. And that he's able to do more than we can think or imagine according to the power that's at work in us. So that means the power of his word at work in us. There are times that people hurt our feelings. And uh, how many of you know some of us have a, uh, a gift of getting people back? Some of you do. Uh, I have happened to have had that gift, and I thought, you know, I, I, can, I can get sarcastic with you. I, but then I realized the only person I was hurting really was me. 
you know, it, it might have hurt them, but the reality is I'm hurting myself by responding to someone out of my own pain or insecurities. And so uh, I can't change you. I can't change how you live or how you respond to me, but I can change me, and I can change how I respond to you. And so it's very important that we have this in our lives. The very first scripture that I memorized was Philippians 4.13, very simple. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When I got born again, I grew up in a very negative neighborhood, very negative community, a very negative culture. And as a result of that, there were things I would say that, well, you know, we, that could never happen to us. It never happens in our family. Nothing good ever happens. Well, then I realized I was negating the promises of God. There was no way the promises were going to work in me because without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so I needed to exercise faith to bring pleasure to the heart of God. God wasn't withholding. I was resisting. You say, well, how are you resisting? I wasn't agreeing with what he said. So I realized that I had to change the way I think. So here's what happens. Somebody hurts you, and if you're not careful, you respond because you feel pain. You feel neglected, rejected, abused, whatever it might be. So that's how come we have to have the word in us. And last week I talked about the hidden word or the hiding word. I did this just to kind of make it easy. Hiding word, abiding word, guiding word, and deciding word. That all of these things operate. So the hidden word in our hearts, David said, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So the hidden word, as it's in a vault, and whenever something happens that makes you want to respond in an unbiblical, inappropriate way, the word of God will keep you from that sin. Remembering that you don't return evil for evil. If someone hits you on one cheek, you turn and let them make the other one as red as the one that just was hit. And so I know that goes against the grain of our flesh, but we're not called to honor our flesh. We're called to honor his spirit. And so if I bring honor to my flesh, I'm not bringing honor to God. I'm bringing honor to my flesh. And so there are times that that's how we respond. When somebody hurts us, we're going to get them back. We're going to make them pay. We're going to punish them. And I tell people all the time, there's a difference in punishment and discipline. And the word disciple comes from the word discipline. You become a disciple because of disciplines. You don't become a disciple because of punishment. Punishment is set out to shame somebody, to inflict pain on them. Discipline, on the other hand, is there to educate them. And yeah, there are consequences, but the consequences are there to improve them, not to make them suffer. When someone's been bad, they suffer enough. You don't need to add suffering to it. It's a good, good uh, teaching for parents here today. Never punish your kid. Only discipline them. And you can sit them down and say, now this is going to hurt, but I want you to know here's why we're doing this. I want you to grow. I want you to have discipline in your life, become a follower of Christ. And, and here's Because the Bible says if you spare the rod, you hate your child. It doesn't say you spare the rod, you spoil them. You spare the rod, you hate them. Without discipline, we never become the people that God wants us to become. So we learn from the pain. So I talked about this. So you first memorize the word. You meditate on it day and night, the Bible says. And then you monitor the work of the word in your life. Am I forgiving? Am I loving? Am I having grace? Am I extending mercy? That's how we monitor the word. If we don't know it, 
We can't monitor it. If we don't memorize some of it, and I do this because I want to remember when I'm going through something how I am supposed to respond according to the Word of God. Okay? So today I'm going to talk about the abiding Word. I'm going to go ahead and go through it. The abiding Word, the guiding Word, deciding Word. The abiding Word, unlike the hidden Word, the hidden Word says that I might not sin against you, but the abiding Word is the release of God's power in your life. That it abides in you for the purpose of empowering you to overcome the flesh by the word working in your life. So if somebody has done you wrong, it, the Bible says, bless those who persecute you. There's so much of the Bible I really don't like. It's not that I really don't like it, it's just so hard to apply it. I mean, I love the word of God, but then there are scriptures that God says, you know, Bless those who persecute. No, God, let me get back at them, and then I'll bless them. Don't act like y'all don't feel that way. Poor pastor, I'll pray for him. No, you look in the mirror. None of us like to be mistreated. None of us like to be abused. None of us like to be criticized. None of us like that. And our flesh does not respond well unless the... Word of God is abiding in us. In John chapter 15, verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. So we abide him. We're, our, matter of fact, Colossians says we're hidden with God in Christ. Now, that's obviously spiritually, metaphorically, however you want to put it. We are hidden with him. We are protected by him if we stay in him. But then if his word stays in us, now that brings a little bit of heaven to earth to empower us to respond in a heavenly way to earthly, fleshly people of which we are all a part. Have you ever had people say, I'm just having a bad day, so just deal with it? No, I'm going to medicate you. No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, because, because the reality is we never have a good reason to respond in an unbiblical, inappropriate way. Now, we do do it, but we, we, we cannot justify it. Otherwise, Christ would have justified, hold it, you're beating and crucifying an innocent man. He had never sinned, done nothing wrong, and yet he was crucified, but he never spoke up against it. Because he knew if he wasn't crucified... And he didn't die, that he wouldn't be raised from the dead, and all of us would be destined for a life separated, eternity separated from him. So in the same sense, we may not be crucified physically, but mentally and emotionally, we are regularly crucified. And, and, and so when we are being attacked or assaulted, that's where we access the word of God, and we know that we are called to forgive. So Mark the best book in the Bible, the book of Mark. If we have any Matthews in here, deal with it. Very few Lukes and Johns. Okay, here we go. Mark 11, 27, 28, and I'm going to read this out of the Message Bible uh, because it talks about, and this is a very popular scripture amongst people of faith. Then when they were back in Jerusalem once again, as they were walking through the temple, the high priests, religion scholars, and leaders came up and demanded, show us your credentials. Uh, who authorized you to speak and act like this? <laughs> now I'm going to go back up to this scripture because they, 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 now they get, see, 
they're getting it here, and they, it frustrates religious people. Jesus was, matter of fact, embrace this God life. In other words, hold on to this God life. Don't consider it. Don't walk with it. Don't talk about it. Embrace it. I mean, it's like a... You know, it's like the embrace of a child. They're so glad to see his mother or father or his grandparent, whatever. They just squeeze you so tight that they just don't want to let go, and you don't want them to let go. He's saying that's the kind of attitude and heart with which I want you to honor my word and my life. Really embrace it, and nothing will be too much for you. This mountain, for instance, just say go jump in the lake, no shuffling or shilly-shallying, and is as good as done. That's why I urge you to pray for absolutely everything, ranging from small to large, including everything as you embrace this God life. And you'll get God's everything. And when you assume the posture of prayer, now this is where it turns. When you assume the posture of prayer, remember that it's not all asking. If you have anything against someone, forgive. Only then will your heavenly Father be inclined to also wipe your slate clean of sins. In other words, a lot of people today, we, we, we pray for things. Well, I've been praying for a long time. I've been asking God. When you're praying and you're not seeing results, go through the file of the Word of God and say, have I forgiven everyone? Now, angry people and religious people will encourage you by saying, well, you know what? They did you wrong. You deserve to feel that way. What they're basically saying is, you deserve to keep suffering. Because as long as you're embracing that, the pain, the suffering, you can't possibly be embracing the God life. So what are you embracing today? Are you embracing the fact that you were demoted, you were fired, you lost your business in 2020, you, your you know, family did something to you? Are you embracing that every day, getting up, and the first thought in your mind is to hold on to what somebody did to you instead of what God did for you. And it, it's not easy. That's how come Paul said, you know, I fought the good fight. It's a good fight. It's a fight worthy of fighting. He said, I've run the race. Both of those are exhausting. Fighting the good fight, running the race are both fatiguing. They will fatigue you spiritually, mentally, emotionally. He said, but I did it. And he said, as a result of it, he said, because of it, I kept the faith. I did not let, I embraced the God life. I embraced the faith. I held on to it. Listen, the pandemic, what the pandemic did was give us permission to stay home and do nothing and let the government pay for it. And you can get mad at me all you want. You can try to put me in a category all you want. Here's the reality. Uh, our country has gotten lazy we quit fighting. We've laid down. All oh, the end is near. We're hopeless. Let me tell you something. I ain't giving up until I'm pushing up daisies. I'm going to fight the good fight. I'm going to run the race. You can criticize. You can judge. You can do whatever you want. But the reality is there have to be voices in America that said, look, it is time to rise up, get up, move on. Put it behind us. It's in the rearview mirror. Say, but I've lost people. See, what happens, we've all lost people. We've lost jobs, businesses. We lost things in the church. I'm not going to embrace those things. 
What, what that says, I'm embracing the pain. I lost my business. I'm embracing I lost my job. People have died. Sure they have. But it's interesting to me, in the last 18 months, nobody's had the flu. People die every day, every year. People die. And I'm, I, I've done more funerals than most of you will ever attend in a lifetime. I get it. But here's what happens. When you lose someone you love, you can either continue and embrace the past and what they were, or you can embrace the future and who you're going to become. You can't die with people who died while you're still breathing. It's not right. You have to rise up and face it. Listen, I got people now. I'm going to get. This is a time where I probably can't say anything that's not going to make somebody mad. But we got people still getting up, going to work, going to Target, going to movies, but can't come to church. What's wrong with you? I'm just being real strong today. Why? Because it's my second Red Bull. Listen, I'm calling this Welcome Back Month. Not Welcome Back Sunday, Welcome Back Month. Get it back in church. I'm going to tell you, this, all this all that's going on right now, you may not believe it, maybe you don't see it through the lens I'm looking through, but everything that's happening is to beat the house of God down and beat the people of God down, to discourage those who were filled with faith in 2019 and now they're filled with doubt, fear, and unbelief. It's time to rise up and bring pleasure to the heart of God and be a people of faith again. That didn't open the way I wanted it to, but I fixed it. (laughs) Listen, everybody's got an opinion, and it's so amazing to me that that, that we have, we as a church, globally, but for sure in America, have fallen prey to the division that has been created politically. The whole idea is divide and conquer, divide and conquer, divide and conquer. To gradually just whittle away at, at the faith of people, just like the Jews in the Holocaust. You know, well, at first we want to know where you live, and secondly, you're going to have to wear a star, and thirdly, and before you knew it, they were in gas chambers. The whole, the whole idea is to kill people of faith. And I, I, I just got to tell you, there are some people in leadership that don't have an ounce of faith. Don't try to make this libertarian, democrat, republican. This is all just a mess. Thank you very little. Listen, I, I'm going to be one of the preachers who's going to stand up, and I don't care. I, I'm going to tell you what I believe in, not who I believe in. I only believe in God. I tell you, I don't believe in one ounce of leadership right now that we, we're dealing with. When they try to come and see every time you extract $600 out of your bank account, they're going to report it to the IRS. That's what's in this $3.5 trillion bill that Biden's trying to push. And you need to understand that. Listen, the government's already in too much of what we got going on. They need to stay out of it. And I'm going to tell you, you need to be listening to this right now. This is, this is not a party speaking. This is a word from God today that we need to understand. They are trying to steal the faith message 
and to divide the church. I don't care if you're vaccinated or not vaccinated. I, I'm actually thankful some of y'all wear a mask. I guess you just have to figure out what I meant by that, won't you? <laughs> it's kind of nice when you, somebody can't, you know, you're walking through the mall or something and somebody you don't like, you've got a mask on, they can't really tell it's you. I kind of like that. It's like, well, could that be? I just see the eyes. I'm thinking about going full Batman on them. But here's, here's what's difficult is if, if we don't have the Word of God in us, and there are a lot of people watching online right now, they're scared. I get it. So my next series will probably be on fear, overcoming fear. Because here's the reality, folks. Until you can learn to embrace the God life every day, you'll never live the God life. doesn't mean you won't go to heaven. It just means you won't live the God life on this side. See, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He can't steal my eternity. I mean, that's secure in God. I've, I've made my profession of faith in Him. But let me tell you what He'll do. He'll steal the joy of the Lord on this side of heaven. He'll steal the peace that passes all understanding. He'll steal the faith that moves mountains. He'll steal the words out of your mouth that cause things to happen. And I'm going to tell you, pastors are not speaking on this because they're more uh, afraid of their nonprofit status. I don't give a flip about my nonprofit status. I'm not in this for that. I'm in this to tell people the truth. And we are going to see God move in this nation. We must rise up and be a people of faith, not afraid to speak up or stand up. You know, I'm not, I'm not I mean, you, you think about. I think about Peter and, and, and saying, you know, we're, we're going to speak in the name of Jesus. You might have to kill us if not. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, throw us in the fire. If God doesn't deliver us, we'll just go be with him. Daniel said, I'm going to pray so you can put me in there with the lions. I don't care. You see, we, 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 we love the Bible as a history book, but we, we oftentimes don't love it as a, a guidebook to say, if this happens to you, what are you going to do? We need to start thinking. That's why I'm talking about the Word of God. We need to have the Word abiding in us, which empowers us. If, you're, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you desire shall be done for you. If you remain or abide in me and my words remain and abide in you. Okay, so we've got to remember that. Abide in me and I in you. And as a branch, the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. So we have to stay strongly connected to God. The Bible tells us not to forsake the assemblings of ourselves together as we see the day drawing near. Can I just be a little prophetic this morning? Yes. Is that okay? Can I just say something here that's probably going to scare some of you? Let me tell you what I see happening. If they can require vaccinations, and everybody has to be vaccinated, and this is the first vaccine in the history of our country that has not been tested and proven over a period of time... You have become lab rats. Americans become lab rats. And so you gotta, I'm not mad at you if you have been. Please don't hear that. But here's what I'm saying. I'm not afraid of this vaccination as much as I am the moving toward the mark of the beast, which is going to come with the chip that they put in your body. Now, folks, you're not hearing anybody talk about this, but I'm going to talk about it because here's the reality. My mother had one thing she told me my whole life, and she is now with Jesus. She said, don't you ever take the mark of the beast. Now, it's biblical. It's 666. People say, well, you know, I used to think as a kid they just painted on your forehead, and if you went through, they'd, you know. Oh, no, they're smarter than that. Taking all this time. 
It will be an implant. And there are already restaurants that you cannot eat at inside if you have not been vaccinated. The next thing is you can't eat outside. Let me predict the next thing will be you can't go into the grocery store. You say, well, that's just far-fetched. I think it's very biblical. And I'm not the least bit scared because I'm going to tell you something. I'll be standing and shouting like Braveheart, freedom! But until we're ready, and if you get scared and say, well, they're going to make me do this, this, and this. And again, there's no judgment. I don't care if you wear a mask, don't, vaccinate. That's not what this is about. This is about getting us prepared for what might be next. And let me tell you, this $3.5 trillion bill is a real deal where they're going to try to figure out if you take $600 out of the bank, they're going to report it to the IRS. That means they're monitoring what you put in, what you take out. It's a violation of our constitutional freedom. Nebraska has already stood up against it, and preferably every state will except the Looney Tune states, and you know where they are. I think I'll be a good boy and not say. <laughs> Suffice it to say, that's where the, the granola is, fruits, flakes, and nuts. <laughs> I'm not sure that was inappropriate. If it was, forgive me. But I am so tired of them serving Kool-Aid that, that we've, got to, we've got to realize this is why you have to keep the word in you. What's the word say? Not what do I feel, not what are they requiring, but what is God empowering me to do? I've said, God, let it be Samson. If nothing else, give me one more shot at collapsing all the corruption. And, and here's the reality. If they can separate us and divide us and get us against each other, which I'm not against anybody. I love everybody. If you come in here and you love Buddha, you welcome in this church all you want. That fat little guy cannot stand against my God. I'm sorry, that metabolism challenged statue. The guiding word. Let's just finish this out. The guiding word takes the hidden word and the, abi- the abiding word, and it shines light on the pathway. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. That's the guiding word of God. Your word, not God. He said, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So when you don't know what to do, the word of God illuminates what to do. Now, you don't always like it, but it illuminates it. It, it exposes Oh, not just the darkness on the other side, but the darkness in us, not for the sake of judgment, but for the sake of revealing so that we can free ourselves from the wrong thoughts, ideas, and attitudes. God shines a light on my attitude every now and then. I go, God, forgive me. And I'll even tell Susan, forgive me. She said, well, yeah, I'm your wife. Don't worry about it. I said, you know what? It's not about you. <laughs> it's about me verbalizing what I need to ask forgiveness for. I, there are things I say I don't like saying. They're, they're, you know, I mean, come on. All you have to do is have a driver's license in a car, and I'm going to tell you it's the ultimate test of Christianity. I was trying to rent a car recently, and, and of course you can hardly rent cars because they don't have chips, and they're not making a lot of cars. And the rental car market, the used car market, everything is there. It's not cars. 
uh, out there, believe it or not. And, and this poor little agent was, there were people in front of me, and she was explaining that they were out of cars, and the cars we have, we don't have enough employees. Guess why? Why would you go to work if your government's going to pay you $1,200 a month and pay for your cell phone and your dish network? It's just a thought. Businesses are closing not because they don't have a good product. They just don't have employees to sell the product. So here they are. They don't have enough people washing the cars that they're returning, and they don't have enough cars. So it's going to have to wait an hour. So people are chewing on this little agent who I just got up there, and I said, I want to thank you for working. I said, I'm so sorry you're having to deal with people who are angry because you can't get them a car like it's her fault. She's not Jesus Jr., you know, it's not her fault. But my old flesh would have been, I can't believe, and if I get on to her, she'll pass it along to, she ain't passing nothing along. The guy that, the guy that owns Hertz, he's sitting lavishly somewhere. Aren't you? And she's taking the heat. See what I'm saying? So the word of God tells me, be kind, be loving, be full of grace, be full of mercy. But I'm being held up here because I can't get what I'm supposed to get even though I made a reservation it's going to take an hour to get the car well the lamp to my feet and the light to my path says don't treat this individual in a way that's unbecoming and does not bring glory to God there have been times I've been embarrassed at myself losing a, a little bit only to find out that they find out I'm a Christian which does not represent God will. So I really try hard, and I'm a type A. If you're a type A, I think there has to be a little grace. <laughs> it's not an excuse. It's just we need a ton of grace. And so I continue to lean on the Word of God to light my way so that I don't walk in darkness and I don't hurt myself or hurt somebody else see the word of God is not to impress man I used to memorize scripture and, and I was doing it because I knew I needed it but then I also got probably a little arrogant tell them I'll call them right back um, I got a little arrogant about you know knowing scripture memorizing it when I realized that I got in that way I went hold on this is not about impressing you this is about reminding God he said call me into remembrance of my word well when I speak his word and, and he knows I'm speaking his word he obligated himself we didn't obligate God God obligated himself by cutting covenant with us saying here's what I'll do so people who say well I couldn't ask God that hold it God obligated himself when he's put in scripture ask whatever you will or whatever you desire he said I'm obligating myself by covenant to respond to you That's the reason that I tell people, I said, get into the Word. Get the Word in you. Get into the Word and get the Word in you. Because the Word will change everything in your life. When things aren't going the way you'd like, say, God, you said in your Word, you'll cause all things to work together for good to those who love you and are called according to your purpose. That, 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 that's what you, you told me. That's what you said. So all this has got to be working together for my good because you promised me it would. You're not putting a demand on God. You're putting a demand on what God said. God put a demand on himself, and now you're putting a demand on what he put a demand on. Amen. What the devil meant for harm, God, you said you're going to turn it for good. So whatever weapon was coming against me, I've got your word, 
and the word is, is, is what empowers us. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So the word of God says, I'm not going to fight by the flesh. I'm going to fight by, fight by the spirit. I'm going to fight by the word. Wake up one day and you quit losing your temper. And Look, if you lose your temper, don't look for it. <laughs> Let that sucker go. Some of y'all are still trying to find it, and unfortunately, you find it real quick. Let it go. I lose my temper. Well, Mama, keep, keep it lost. Let's just hope we don't find it again. The word is a lamp to your feet, a light to your path. Hidden word that I might not sin against you. Abiding word that I might be empowered to do what you want me to do. The guiding word is that God will now light things up for me and show me things I couldn't see because his word will reveal them to me how to respond in times of difficulty. You know, when you get older, you see a lot of people, you, you, you know, it's really weird getting older. I'm not old yet. But I'm older than I used to be. You see a lot of people. I, I pray for a lot of people and pray, you know, what I've learned about things is that, you know, you, you lose people. And when you lose people, if you continue and embrace the people you lost, and you say, but I love them. I love my mom and dad very much. I miss them every day. But I, I'm not embracing the loss. I'm embracing the life that God has given me. Because if I continue to do that, I will not live the life to the full that God wants me to live and complete. Because I'm embracing the pain of the past instead of the joy of the future. And the joy of the day. My life can be wonderful if everybody hates my guts. Which will really make them even more angry. When people can't get to you, it either changes them or they dismiss themselves. Most people care too much about what other people think and say and not enough about what God has said and thinks. You see, if, if you don't like somebody, you automatically create God in your image and likeness and say, well, God doesn't like him either because I don't. You're quite misguided. The reality is God loves everybody that you don't like. <laughs> that'll wear on your flesh right there so I had to realize that just because I might be having a problem with someone God's not having a problem with them and I'm embracing something that is costing me joy it's what I call sideways energy I can't believe they I can't believe I can't believe they and I and that's that's side, you're not solving any problems you want vertical energy. I want to spend my time going from glory to glory, getting higher and higher in God. So, you, you know, when you go to lunch today, you're tempted to talk about me. Don't. That's sideways energy because God is absolutely crazy about me, and he's on my side. It's a true story. You know that. Absolutely. Thank you. One person agrees with me. You got to understand that we spend a lot of our time thinking thoughts that don't line up with God's thoughts, speaking words that don't line up with God's word. And all those things do 
It's just make us wander around in the wilderness of our humanity and of this world. See, if you start telling everybody how great they are, even if they're not great, they might become great because you're not speaking to who they've been. You're speaking to what they could become. Like God, you speak of future events with as much certainty as though they've already passed. You speak of those things that are not as though they were. This is how we navigate life. When I've gone through this pandemic, I just look and say, man, God, I, I just don't know if we're going to have any more room in this building. And you look around and say, well, he's misguided. No, no, his word's a lamp to my feet and light to my path. Whatever I ask in his name, he said he would do it. It's done. I don't even ask him anymore. I just thank him. And then the devil's confused. How come he's thinking, God, there's still seats in there? Not in my spiritual eyes, there aren't. We're packed out. I, it's done. It's already there. Right now, we got angels sitting there. We're going to have to bump a few of them out. Make life wonderful. Make life wonderful. Now, this is the last thing, the deciding word. Okay, so you have the abiding word of God that abides in us that we might not sin against him. The, 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 I mean, the hidden word. And then the abiding word, which empowers us. The guiding word, which illuminates. The deciding word is, before any of these things happen, you've already decided how you're going to respond. Joshua's going through some difficulty. He says, hold on, hold on. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. He didn't get his kids up and say, you guys want to go to church today? You think we ought to go worship Jehovah today? And some of y'all need to start praying, do we go to Walmart today? Because I can promise you there's more disease there than any house of God. You need to get up and say, well, you don't ask your kids, do you want What happened? This generation asks their kids how you're going to, I don't ask your kids anything. Get up. I don't want to go to church. I didn't ask you what you wanted to do. This is what we're going to do. Quit asking your kids to lead your family. Start leading your family. I didn't like one church I went to as a kid, but I'm going to tell you, it grounded me for my future. No, come on, man. We didn't have kids. So when I went, we had these old fans. Didn't have you have AC. My Sunday school class was mildew and mold. Mama dragged me to church. Sister Kilgore taught me every Sunday. Train a child up in the way they should go. In the mold and the old, they won't depart from it. Here I am, still serving Jesus. Not because we had incredible pizza next door or we had anything cool. My mama just said, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Job's wife, how many of you know when you got a spouse, why don't you just curse God and die, Job? Look, you got scabs everywhere. I don't even want to touch you or go to the movies with you. You're an embarrassment to me. Job looks and says, though he slay me, yet will I serve him. I've decided. I have hidden the word in my heart. Bides in me, me and him. His words are a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. How dare you? No matter what happens, I'm going to serve God. It's time to get rid of the fear, doubt, and unbelief. Stand up, rise up, speak up. Make the devil throw up. You won't hear those words in any other church in town today.
Listen, the church is being called to a higher level. If we'll go to a higher level, I believe God will take us there and be with us there. But if we keep milly-mouthing around and not speaking truth and not talking about things that need to be talked about, just coming in and celebrating. You remember, I told you a story. There were years over in Germany when the Holocaust was going on. There was a church along the railroad tracks, and the Jews were put in boxcars. They were locked in there, and they were on their way to these camps where they were going to be gassed and killed church along the track said every Sunday they would hear them and rather than doing anything they just kept singing louder and louder to try to drown out the voices of those in need we will not sing louder to drown out the voices of a world that desperately needs Jesus Christ and they need the church to speak up for them, stand up for them reach out to them that's where we're at today I know some of you may not think so and we can continue to act like it's not true but we are in a fight a fight for our lives and this pandemic was just the beginning to divide the church and separate the church and keep people home and keep them from worshiping. And you can say what you want to say, but it is time to rise up and get back to the houses of worship wherever you are. Get back to a house of worship. It is a crime what's going on in our world today, a literal crime against our own constitution. And yet we as the people are sitting here letting it happen and we must not let it happen. We must not let it happen. And I, for one, will not participate in allowing it to happen without speaking up. And it's not popular what I'm doing today. It's not popular. But you know what? I'm not in a popularity contest. I'm old and gravity is having its way with me. (laughs) So don't worry about that anymore. I want us to to be a people that are willing to say, we're going to come every Sunday. Listen to me, those of you watching online, I'm speaking to you, and you're going to be mad at me today, but you're going to love me by next Sunday. It's time to get back in the house. Time to get back in the house. It's time to let the, the politicians of our world, they're trying to divide the church and separate us and silence us to let them know we are a force to be reckoned with and we will not be defeated. Greater is God in us than everything in this world. Great men and women have laid their lives down for the freedoms that we have enjoyed and that we are so easily given away. And what a shame that would be. I pray to God that we rise up and honor those who gave their life for the freedom that we've enjoyed. So it's time, folks. It's time. This is not just another day. This is this is it, baby. Where this is it. If you're this is the last lap right here, baby. This is it. And I am so excited to be alive. I tell you, I cannot wait to see the white horse and Jesus coming back in sweats. King of Kings, Lord of Lords. I'm just telling you, it's a good day. It's a great day. The best is yet to come. The latter will be greater than the former. The outpouring of God's Spirit will be like none other, unprecedented in any revival. God will be glorified with technology that the world's trying to use to squelch our faith. We're going to use it to promote our faith. So don't shrink back. Don't be afraid.
Let's pray. Father, thank you. You're an awesome God. We have decided we will follow you. We will serve you. We will obey you. We will honor you. With every head bowed, every eye closed, we always like to give you an opportunity to receive Christ. So we're going to pray a prayer. I'm going to ask everyone in the building today to pray with me. And those of you at home, it's time for you to say, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm not going to live my life the way I've been living my life. It's insanity to do the same thing and expect different results. It's time for you to determine that today I will follow Jesus. I will fight the good fight. If necessary, I'll give my life for what I believe. It's very important. So let's all pray this prayer. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending your only son to suffer and die for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. I repent of my sin. I declare today I'm born again. Amen. If you prayed that prayer and it's first time or you feel like you need to recommit your life, please text the word SAVED to 405-500-1310. Put your name in there. 405-500-1310. Be praying for you. Our prayer team will pray for you. Uh, you know what? It's the first step in the right direction. And uh, do like Paul. Fight the good fight. Run that race. Keep the faith. Don't let anything deter you from your future because it's brighter than your past. I promise you. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. or join us online. God bless you.